Hello and welcome to the OnePrez Pod. During the month of February, my good friend Sarah Putman and I will be talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Sarah is going to choose various passages that are interesting to her, and then we're going to chat about them. So join us during this month of the Sermon on the Mount right here on the OnePrez Pod. Well, hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the One Press Pod. It's me, Bill Blackburn. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm back. Sarah's back. <laughs> yes. Very exciting. Yeah. Sarah, it's so fun to do these with you this month. We're going to, you pick three more passages from the Sermon on the Mount for mm-hmm. us to yes. chat about. I had to really kind of, you know, it's interesting because it is so, um, Generic's not the right word, but these are so popular, yes. right? It's not something that I've spent a lot of time really thinking mm-hmm. about. So thank you for forcing me to do that. Bill. Yes, I like to force you to think about stuff that I want you to think about. Because you, you think about a lot of stuff. You well, think all the time. I do think so, a lot, yes. Yes, so it's good for me. It's a win for me. Um, anyway, so uh, what passage, and just as a reminder, a couple things before we start. Yeah, let's do that. Sermon on the Mount is chapters 5 through 7 of Matthew. That's what we're talking about Mm -hmm. here. Uh, Also, an apology for last week. There was an audio issue with you, Sarah, so I'm sorry. I hope people That's how I sound. I hope people can still hear what you had to say. It was great. Well, thank you. But I think we fixed it. So I think we're good to go, everybody. We will see. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so you're going to start at the... You went to the middle in week one. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to the beginning. Listen, I'm all over the place. Fine. Let's do it. I also thought if you could, just for me, mm-hmm. everyone else probably already knows this. Nope. But could you put this in context for me? Like, what's happening? Jesus is, like, walking around mm-hmm. one day and decides to climb up on this mountain and teach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the crowds are, he's, he's, it's early on in Matthew. Mm-hmm. You're not that far from, like, the temptation story. So he hasn't done all that much. Okay. He has the disciples, and he's trying to talk to the disciples, but there's too many people. Mm-hmm. So what he does is he goes up a mountain, and they all follow him. And so basically, I think one way to think about this is he's talking to the disciples, and the crowds are overhearing the teaching, which kind of is an interesting little yeah. nuance, I feel like, depending on where you put yourself on the faith spectrum. Yeah. Like, do you receive it? Like, if you're all in in Christianity then you sit in the disciples' shoes uh-huh. when you listen to this. Yeah, this is for you. If you're a little bit in or you're curious, then you're around the edge yeah. and you're like, huh, Yeah. tell me more. Like, you know, and... What is this guy thinking? What is he right. talking about? Why are they doing it this way? And if you're really on the far end of like barely any, then you're in the Monty Python life of Brian stage. <laughs> Did he say blessed are the cheesemakers? Like you're in that type Very of situation. Good. Very good. So, um, this isn't a passage I picked, but I did underline the very mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. Um, line, yep. verse in uh, chapter 7, where it says, For he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how fascinating it must have been to mm-hmm. be there at that time mm-hmm. and to hear someone talking. Like, mm-hmm. what does it mean to talk mm-hmm. with authority? We're mm-hmm. used to that now, mm-hmm. everyone. Every white guy walking around right. has authority. I'm just kidding. Jesus was not white, <laughs> I mean, he first wasn't, of all. He wasn't. He wasn't. Um, most likely. But um, anyway, I just thought that must have been mm-hmm. kind of fascinating. Like, what made that different than what they're used to hearing? Yeah, it's a great question, right? Because, um, like, let's think about this. So I was educated in a secular university first. Mm-hmm. So the University of Kansas. So I did 
Bible study, Bible classes and stuff, but it was secular. So yeah. we're talking about like historical critical mm-hmm. conversations um, about the work more as like ancient literature than sure. as faith-based material. Mm-hmm. And then I went to seminary where those same techniques were taught, but it was in the context of people who ostensibly believe something. Right. Um, and what's interesting to me about it is if you think about the, the gospels, right? And you think about the call of the disciples. So Jesus will be like walking around and he'll go up to somebody and he will say like, follow me. And it's like, then they dropped their nets and followed him. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, that's, I think what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And no one knows. Yeah. Now, like, do you take that passage literally? I mean, that's a conversation, but I think mm-hmm. what's the passage trying to tell us? It's trying to tell us that, yeah. that when Jesus chose to be, he was an incredibly compelling figure mm-hmm. and he didn't always choose to be. And then there were people that weren't in, weren't into it. Gotcha. But it is interesting. That's always been interesting to me. Like, why? Because mm-hmm. it was a time of, like, there were prophets and zealots and all sorts of people running around. It was a chaotic time yeah. in that part of the world. There had been a major Jewish rebellion uh, some years earlier, you know, before Jesus' birth. Mm-hmm. There were Jewish sects out mm-hmm. in the wilderness. Yeah. Some people think Jesus was part of those sects. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to enunciate that. So all sorts of things were happening. And it yeah. wasn't long after this that there was such a rebellion that the Romans came in and destroyed the temple. Right. Um, and you get the story of uh, those who escaped to the mountain. The name's escaping me now. There's a great book called The Dove Keepers about it. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Um, well, yeah, that's kind of what I was interested in. Like, you know, if I could... It, it's fascinating to me to think about this as history because mm-hmm. I didn't grow up thinking that. It mm-hmm. was just like, this is this mm-hmm. story that happened in the world, right? Mm-hmm. But... Um, sort of seeing what else is going on mm-hmm. and the book that the book of longings the Sumai mm-hmm. kid book that mm-hmm. Tasha and I read um, really kind of helped me see oh my gosh there's there's strife all over yes. right and like um, I don't know, it just makes everything mm-hmm. sort of make more sense I guess yeah. but anyway so sorry to distract you but no, that's so interesting. yes so yes I went back to the beginning yep. this week um, to the Beatitudes and I'll just read those now mm-hmm. and we can go from there okay Uh, when jesus saw the crowds he went up the mountain and after he sat down his disciples came to him then he began to speak and taught them saying blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy blessed are the pure in heart for they will see god Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all things of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay. Tell me all about it. What do you want to talk about? Well, what, tell me why it's interesting to you, and give me your kind of gut reaction. Well, some things that stood out to me, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Um, it's a, a um, an acknowledgement that we will mourn. Like, there's mm-hmm. a big grief. There are hard things in the world, yep. right? Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. And then just piggyback, piggybacking off of our conversation last week, 
um, you know, blessed are all these people, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed mm-hmm. are the peacemakers. Um, but I would like to see, like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, my pure in heart and your pure in heart might look differently. Right. Um, my peacemaker, your peacemaker mm-hmm. might look differently. Yeah. So it's a very gen- general mm-hmm. term. Um, and I guess, but now that I know that he's speaking specifically to the disciples, like, what did it mean mm-hmm. for them to be peacemakers? Mm-hmm. They were living today. Would they be arguing with people on Facebook about yeah. things that they didn't agree with? Probably. <laughs> I think so. Um, so I, those kinds of things kind of stood out to me. Just how, just how kind of g- generic, I'm sorry, I can't think of a better word, this feels mm-hmm. um, when later on he gives us a very specific way to pray. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he gives us that formula later, but this is all just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. So if you were going to like preach a sermon on this passage. <laughs> It'd be great. It would be, it would be great. What would you... Like what, what would, what leaps out of you? Like, what would you want to talk to people about? Like if you were like, mm-hmm. I want to talk to people about this part. I think I really like the pure in heart stuff uh-huh. just because I do think that's so kind of open ended. Yeah. Um, of course I'd have to do some research if I was yes. going to preach over this and uh-huh. see what other things told me what pure in heart was. Um, and I think the other thing that kind of sticks out to me is the blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness righteousness's sake mm-hmm. um, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven just because i feel like in our current climate we see folks using this for their own mm-hmm. gain yeah um acting like they're being persecuted for things that, right um so i think a lot of these it feels like to me as someone who's revisiting these mm-hmm. Um, that um, a lot of these are taken out of context and used all over our culture for whatever purpose they want it to be. And then selectively not used, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I heard somebody say one time, like, they were like, how different would our country be? This is when they wanted to put, like, the Ten Commandments on, you know, state capitals' lawns. If we put up the Beatitudes mm-hmm. instead of the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And I, I thought about that a lot since yeah. they brought that up. I thought it was a great question mm-hmm. because like the Ten Commandments, I don't think you can pull one of the Beatitudes out of context oh. and have it make complete sense. Okay. Like if you think about the Ten Commandments, well, the first four are really about God, right? Mm-hmm. It's like don't worship other idols, mm-hmm. hold the Lord's name in uh, sacred, don't mm-hmm. say it. Um, then, once you've established the sacred and other nature of God, mm-hmm. then you can talk about what it means to like not commit adultery right. within the context of a broader sense of your place mm-hmm. relative to the place of the Creator. Yeah. And the Beatitudes, I think, are similar. Like the one you brought up, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. That's the only echo in the in the beatitudes mm-hmm. because it's also blessed blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Luke it says blessed are the poor. Yeah. So you know, it's there's a lot of questions mm-hmm. with the beatitudes, and I think if you want to talk about specifically the pure in heart, I didn't. So I preached on this one too. So we're not hitting the ones that Tasha preached on, which is great. 
Sorry. Uh, but I didn't talk that much about the pure in heart, and I didn't read that much about it. And I think what it means is kind of um, when Jesus says things like, uh, blessed are the little children, mm-hmm. and if you want to be in the kingdom of heaven, you should be like one of these, like have faith like a child. I think that's kind of where... Okay. That path, that part's going. So, what does that mean? Like when I say, like, have faith like a child. Yeah. Like, what is that? For they will see God. Yeah. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Yeah. And this is the only one that gets to see God. Right. The peacemakers get to be children. Yeah, they're called children of God. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But like, yeah, I mean, like, think about that. Like when you think of a kid mm-hmm. and their faith, yeah, relative to the faith of like a grown up. Mm-hmm. Sure. It, it's a little different. Yeah. Side, side note yeah. here. And this kind of kind of ties in. But Matthew and I uh, went to see the um, Fort Smith Little Theater yeah. last night. And when I saw the play, everything I needed to learn, I learned in kindergarten mm-hmm. or whatever. And uh, the first act, they all come on stage and they're acting like they're in kindergarten. And, and the um, teacher's like, who knows how to sing? And they all raise their hand. Mm-hmm. And who knows how to write a poem? And they all raise mm-hmm. their hand. I can, I can, I can. And then they're like skip ahead to college it's like who can write a poem and they're like not me yeah so it's yeah you definitely see that Mm -hmm. um what it means to be a childlike Mm -hmm. right like you even in your own self you have faith that you can do these things and and so yeah when i was taught this as a kid yeah of course you believe it's right you believe it right like a child so it's kind of an earnestness but it's not a not questioning no kids ask tons of questions sure but there's an earnest. The, the, mm-hmm. I, what I, I earnest was the word I thought of when you were yeah. describing the play. Sure. Like, because I I felt I remember feeling that as a kid. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like I, I would raise dance. my hand in class. I oh, dance. Call me, call me, call me. Sure. You know, and and mm-hmm. then you get older. Like you know, I, I'll teach a Sunday school class to adults. Now they know me, so it's much better. Mm-hmm. But it used to be like no one would ask any questions because everybody's afraid that like. They think everybody knows and they don't know mm-hmm. and they don't want to look like they don't know. But it, I've never had that problem with kids ever. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. if I say, okay, kids, what's your question about this? I mean, every yeah. hand goes up. I'm raising my hand as if you can see me yes. on the podcast. Um, but no, that, that's, yeah, that, it's an interesting idea, this pure in heart. What do you think it means to see God? <sighs> I don't know. Because I don't know. Hmm. Like, so there could be several different things. It's like maybe like in the world around them. Like yes. if I'm here in heart and everything is, you know, beautiful mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever, mm-hmm. um, then I will see God in you, and mm-hmm. I will see God in mm-hmm. the trees, and I will mm-hmm. see God in you know. Mm-hmm. Well, let's people I meet on the street or whatever. Okay, let's flip it. Right? Okay. Like, what does it mean to not see God? And then think about some of the things Jesus is going to say here in a few few verses. So think about like the lust passage, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a passage where Jesus says, um, it says you shouldn't commit adultery, but I say to you, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust in his heart has right. committed adultery. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not seeing God, right? right? That's seeing, for lack of a better word, I think meat. Mm-hmm. And it's dehumanizing. A lot of the things that Jesus is working against in the in the Sermon on the Mount are things that dehumanize. It also and definitely feels like we go from quite literal, uh-huh. almost, to not very literal in the teaching, mm-hmm. right? Say more. 
Well, like the passage you're talking about, lust and adultery. I mean, really? If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away? Yeah. No, it's not literal. Like, he's trying to emphasize, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, he's trying to emphasize the significance. Mm -hmm. But, um, like, when you think about even the Beatitudes, Mm -hmm. a lot of it is, like, promise-type language. It's not literal. Yeah, that's true. In the sense that, like, if if I'm mourning... Do I really feel like when do I feel you just have comfort? To have trust that you, you trust will. that you will be comforted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the one thing to say about these, the first four and the second four are a little different. Mm-hmm. The first four is kind of Jesus naming realities, okay. right? The poor in spirit, yeah. the, those poor. who mourn, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Um, those are just naming realities. Mm-hmm. Then when you go to the next four, those are more aspirational. Those are more like, do this. Yeah. Be pure in heart. Be a peacemaker. You know, straw. Uh, don't be worry about being persecuted. Right. <laughs> don't worry about being persecuted for righteousness sake. Yeah. So there is a bit of, like, I think you should encounter the back four different than the first four. Same like we were talking about mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments. Yeah. You encounter those parts of the Ten Commandments a little differently. Different, yeah. Based on what you're Mm-hmm. what's being described sure. okay. but Jesus is describing in fact another like plane of existence right we've never seen this place mm-hmm. that Jesus describes like we've never seen a place right. where the poor in spirit the meek you know the peacemakers are, are blessed we've not seen that place we've seen it maybe in glimpses where people get blessed mm-hmm. but not really you know, I was reading an article today. There was a man in Britain who sat outside Parliament for 10 years, beginning with the run-up to the Iraq War, and then until there were no more British troops in in Iraq. Mm-hmm. And he died at a very relatively young age. He died in his 60s, mm-hmm. and he camped out there, and he had all these signs, and he was protesting the war. And one of the lines, so a man had, had gone and sat with him for a while, and they were friends, and so he would go out there from time to time and sit with him, and he recorded some of the things that people would say to him. Mm-hmm. So this man sitting out there, and they would say the most horrible things to the man on the street with his anti-war signs. Yeah. That's this, mm-hmm. right? Peacemakers, like, he was a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. He was a peacemaker. He didn't believe in the war, didn't mm-hmm. want the war, and he was not blessed by the world so the reality I think that Jesus is trying to describe here and you can pick any one of these I mean the meek right the meek get but you trampled. have to trust that it's gonna you're not gonna see it you, on this plane on, on this not fully it's not gonna be fully realized but I believe we've been in situations in moments in glimpses mm-hmm. right where you could say I saw it I saw it there mm-hmm. like the mere fact that the man was out there yeah you see it Right, and you saw people also. So you saw people cursing him, but you also saw people going and sitting with him. Mm-hmm. So you can see it a little bit, um, but it was a great cost mm-hmm. to him. Sure. Um, and I think that's the other thing. A lot of these come at that cost. You're mm-hmm. paying a price for these sorts of, of ways of living. Like if you if you go back to your pure in heart thing, if you, if you lived that way, if you lived with that kind of earnestness, mm-hmm. people would say you were naive. People would say, you need to get into the real world, Sarah. You can't live with your head in the clouds. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the world would not necessarily reward Interesting. that. Okay. I mean, what do you think? 
think that I agree with that more than what I was taught to believe, whereas if I do these things, my life would be rainbows and butterflies. Yeah, not going to be. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason it ends like it ends. You know, (laughs) blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, he's not... It's, he's not selling you anything. Mm-hmm. It's not a bait and switch. Yeah. From the get-go, you understand mm-hmm. this has a price. Well, but back to that one, I think that there's a lot of people who use that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think any Christians in the United States really know what persecution right. no. No. is. And I feel like as a pastor, I should not only affirm what you're saying, but mm-hmm. like double down on it. Okay. It's offensive to me. When American Christians talk about persecution mm-hmm. as a pastor and as an American Christian, mm-hmm. like I find that offensive. Okay. I find it offensive. I was afraid I would offend you by no, saying No, <laughs> I find it offensive to, there are Christians in the world today who face real and legitimate persecution. Mm-hmm. Um, in China, in India, where we were, like there's real and legitimate persecution mm-hmm. consequences, real consequences, yeah. loss of jobs, lack of safety. Right. Um, Violence. Mm-hmm. We have that, that's not the like not saying Merry Christmas, right? Is not persecution. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I think American Christians need to take your point here that you can't take this stuff and insert yourself into it. There are American Christians who are persecuted mm-hmm. for righteousness' sake, but in any in a lot of those instances, those are not what are being held up, right. Because they are they are being persecuted for, uh, let's say, doing prison ministry, protesting the death penalty. Mm-hmm. That's a good example sure. of of instances mm-hmm. where life is very hard for people of faith who are committed to that work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whew. Boy. Wow. That was good. Anything else you want to say about that one? Um. N- no. Well, do I have time? I can bring yeah, up one more. sure, yeah. You kind of mentioned it, um, and I can't remember how, what you said, but earlier in this conversation, you said you were comparing this to the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. um, and right after this, we have the Salt and Light Scripture, mm-hmm. but then we also have the Law of the Prophets, mm-hmm. where he talks about, um, do not think that I've come to abolish the Law of the Prophets. I've not come to abolish, but to fulfill... For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Mm-hmm. So something else that happens a lot in, in conversations, um, again, about current events, is, you know, we have the old law and the new law. Mm-hmm. So is that what he's talking about here? Like he's, until things are fulfilled, we're still going to abide by the mm-hmm. Ten Commandments kind of thing? I think basically, <laughs> well, I think I'd have to read up on it because okay. I haven't studied that passage in a long time. I'm just wondering what the old but, law is that he's talking about. Right, so when, whenever a Jewish person uses law, they're talking about the Torah. Mm-hmm. So the first five books. Torah law, there's, mm-hmm. I can't remember, I think there's 600 and something. I can't remember. Okay, that's okay. Don't hold me to it, podcasters. I don't. Um, anyway, else but there's, there's hundreds of them. Mm-hmm. And they range anywhere from the Ten Commandments to if your neighbor's donkey falls into a ditch on your property, it's your responsibility to pull the donkey out. Mm -hmm. So I think what he's saying is like, don't think that me being here makes the Torah moot. It doesn't. 
In fact, it makes it harder. Like all the stuff that he lists after that, mm -hmm. like it's a lot easier to just not have an affair than it is to not look at a woman with lust, mm -hmm. right? Like if one's easier than the other, sure. um, you know, you've heard that it was said that you should love your neighbors, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's a lot easier to just love your neighbors, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> right? You don't so, always hear that second part. Yeah, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. like a lot of that stuff, he actually makes it worse. Um, if you're trying to be a strict letter of the law type guy. Okay. It's not until you get into Paul that you get into conversations about dietary restrictions, circumcision, mm -hmm. fundamentals of Torah law that then the Christian church kind of left behind. Okay. Jesus is, doesn't He's talk, not messing with that. No, only okay. he messes with Sabbath a little bit because mm -hmm. you know, he'll pluck grain on Sabbath or heal somebody on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, there's not a ton of, of kind of undermining a bedrock. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not what he's saying here. He's yeah. not saying, you know, I'm not right. here to change that. So. Yeah. Okay. That's good. All right. I think I'm done for today. <laughs> All right. Well, that was good. Um, so anyway, we'll be back uh, next week. We'll do two more of these, and then we'll move on to a new thing in March. Again, thanks, Sarah, for taking your oh, time. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. And you can also, if you feel like you don't get enough Phil and Sarah here. You can get more on the Bookish Life podcast. Uh, yeah, you can. Where we podcast regularly about books. Books and bookstore happenings. That's right. Yes. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the One Prez Pod. We hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Like and share are very much appreciated. You can find more information about First Presbyterian Church at www.onepres.org. Until next time, peace.